I could speak to squirrels, but only about tax law. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, your weekly look at all things cinema sins, TV sins, and commercial sins. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And this week, I'm joined by Cinema Sins staff member, Aaron Dicer. Hey, that's me, Heidi Ho, Cinerinos. It's back. You're you, you again? I am uh, always excited to be on Behind the Sins. I always feel a little bit like, oh, hey, I, rem- I remember this. This is a really comfortable space. So, um, So, yeah, I'm glad to be back. Is it weird not hosting it, though, like being a guest? No. In fact, I have people ask me this because I host several podcasts. And Mm -hmm. anytime I'm on somebody else's podcast or even like on, you know, Ian's got Captain's Pod, that kind of thing. And it's just and people are like, well, is it weird not hosting? And I'm just like, no, it's glorious. It's the best. (laughs) Like, I just I I I don't have to be thinking all of the time about what's the next thing we're going to talk about. How do we you know, progress nicely? What's a good transition here? Instead, I just get to crack jokes and throw the actual host off their game. Like, you know, (laughs) I I, I get to be I get to be that guy. So, yeah, yeah, no, I I absolutely love uh, being second chair, third chair. That's a lot of fun. It's also fun because, like, it's it's entirely no pressure because, like, you know, you don't have to do the editing or, like, you are a guest somewhere. So, like, you should treat be a guest like you would in somebody's home, but also, like, be a guest. Be (laughs) a guest. Put your skills to the test. Well, we have a lot of ground to cover, especially with the Saturday Resins videos uh, that are coming out right now. So we'll dive into this inside scoop. What's he building in there? We'll start off with Monday's video, Rick and Morty's 6x4 Night Family. This is an Ian and Jonathan script. Uh, Aaron, you've been a big champion of Rick and Morty over the last couple of years. Um, yeah. What do you think about this season so far? I think it's great. I don't notice much movement on my Rick and Morty fandom at all. I feel like I've always kind of felt the same way, which is I get what these people are doing. I think it's funny. They've built themselves this really free space just to do whatever they want. They've broken the fourth wall so bad that it is in shambles and cannot be repaired. And so that's that's a fun place to be because as as much nonsense as it is they can still play in all the playgrounds they want to play in and the thing i've always loved about it or the thing i fell in love with rick and morty for was this ability to take these high concept sci-fi things and really just kind of live inside them and inside of some of the nooks and crannies of those concepts if they feel like they're in a place where they're contradicting themselves or they can't quite make the concept work, it's fine. They just hang a lantern on it. They're just like, we admit it. We know. And they'll make a comment about it. Uh, just I, I just really like this show and kind of what it is. Uh, and I think season six is more of the same. I think it's really fun. Uh, Night Family was this episode. Um, I've, I've not yet gotten around to season six of Rick and Morty. I'm going to. It's just haven't yet but uh this one seems to be at least according to the comments like a a fan favorite episode of the season so far i think people really like this one more than usual i i i mean i think it's that classic rick and morty thing where the fan favorites are are often just weird sci-fi concepts that that they just focus on for the episode and this is you know this is one of those ideas where 
they say, what if you had a machine that could activate you while you were asleep to do all the things you didn't want to do while you were awake? And that's the Knight family. And then the Knight family gets mad that they're the ones having to do all this stuff. And um, and so they revolt and it goes from there. And it's fun. It's it's a domino effect sci-fi concept. And it's really fun. Yeah. What are some of the sins you wanted to point out? Well, I, you know, I kind of looked through like the ones that, you know, you had mentioned when you sent like the your prep and that kind of stuff. And then beyond those, the one thing I wanted to mention that I didn't see mentioned was the breakfast encounter, which is a really interesting thing that Ian decided to do and is now a headache for how <laughs> we do the season video whenever the season video comes out. <laughs> but uh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but man. it's. But it's it's I just think it's fun to be able to do that kind of stuff. There was the behind the scenes on that. There was a lot of conversation about where to put that counter. And originally we had it in the upper right corner. Well, if you put it in the upper right corner, that impacts the season long video because that's usually where the season episode titles go. So then we're like, well, you know, do we put it on the bottom somehow? Do we make it transparent? Do you, you know, what do we do? And we ended up just putting it up in the top center. But uh, those are the kind of decisions you have to make when you make choices to add a separate counter it also speaks to something that we have done with rick and morty from the beginning which is we always sin when they're eating every single time half of the script sometimes are eating sins uh, in these right. rick and mortys during the season long videos i can't remember is it one constant sin timer or does it reset every episode so there's no sin timer on tv sins or but the the, the counter, counter the counter is a cumulative so it does not reset so it is a cumulative counter for the season so in theory it could just appear at episode four and then continue on but well i can tell you how we're going to do it It, it'll be the same as it is in this episode when it appears we will retroactively go back and take all the breakfast sins from all the episodes previous in the season and we will add those on and take them away from the main sin total and then we'll keep breakfast sin totals for the rest of the season that makes sense that tracks Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll just treat it how it's treated in the episode. Ian's just making you guys do extra work for three videos that you've already done. So Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's why he did it, really. (laughs) I don't think he thought it was all that funny. I think he was just like, I want to make them work really hard. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that seems like a compromise. I did I did have that written um, down, but it was kind of a sub subset because I feel like half of this video seemed to just stay at that breakfast table because mm-hmm. there was so much going on there and it was it was all valid. I mean, because there was the Jerry's handing out pancakes, but some of them already have syrup on them and some of them don't. So is is he cooking up two different batches of pancakes? And then there's like, you know, Summer got them after Rick. And Rick's already had syrup on him, so it's like so. Summer's just supposed to watch everybody eat, and and then there was the mm-hmm. and then the narrator pointed out like Rick's pancakes are gonna be soggy from the syrup, and then the comment section made sure to point out that Rick has said in a past episode that he doesn't like soggy pancakes. Mm-hmm. So like, Jerry, maybe Jerry's just messing with Rick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what if that was like the end game end goal for the for the season was that Rick is actually like an evil or Jerry is actually an evil villain all along. He's just disguised as an idiot. Whatever. I wouldn't put it past them. I think it would be fun. And especially like, I just want them to hear how the narrator reacts to that uh, mm-hmm. when, when that reveal finally happens. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It would just, it just was, was one of those um, kind of like how, I mean, I know commercial sins do a lot of the also, also, also um, a, a little bit more frequently, but it's just, it just felt like one of those also, also, also like off of like three seconds. And I was just like, this, 
why is this breakfast scene infuriating me when pro- probably if I'd have watched the episode, I wouldn't have thought anything about it. <laughs> right. But, That's why we exist. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one I had was um, uh, expecting us to believe that Jerry can make friends, which is a great sin on its own. And then it's just capped off with, and yep, that joke is exactly as mean as you think it is. <laughs> I think that again, that is an Ian thing. He, he, boy, does he like to really rip into Jerry and I, I get it. Totally get it. <laughs> As somebody who is probably a little bit of a Jerry, it, it just, you know, I try not to take it personally, but, uh, but yeah, I totally get it. I think if I had to identify with a character most in this world or in this Rick and Morty world, it would be Jerry. Cause I would just yeah. be like, I don't know what's going on. Right. I don't know where I need to be. So they're just like, we're just going to put you in the plate in the playpen with all the other use. It's like, fine, I'll be happy. That's okay. (laughs) The other one I wanted to bring up was sometimes we just find Rick and Morty isms seeping into our real dialogue and our real life in one, because we have so many creative projects where we review and leave notes and all those kind of things. Uh, One of our favorite things to say right now is no notes. Uh, And so (laughs) the fact that we got to do uh, the Jerry would be no notes at TV sins uh, was a lot of fun. Yeah. (laughs) I was looking through the comment section, trying to just, you know, find some things to pull. And uh, there was a lot of people that were like trying to, to like somebody mentioned that, Rick had mentioned that he doesn't like soggy pancakes already. And then I just, I saw like three or four in a row. That was just like, welcome to the channel because they were just like, you send that, but that's stupid. And it's like, welcome to the channel. Like <laughs> somebody was like, you already send the extension cord in season one, episode eight. Welcome yes, to we the did. Like, <laughs> that's right. We did. We're it, sending it every time. Well, and I, I think they meant specifically like that, that electric cord leads to whatever. And they're like, it's right. not a garage mm-hmm. door. It's a blind. It's like, welcome to the channel. Who cares? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I have a fun story about me kind of being that person um, in real life, but we'll save that for Saturday's video. Oh, um, all right. It was fun. It's a tease. Um, look at you doing a tease. Uh, the other thing I pulled from the comments section, I just loved this. Um, it, the user was System, um, and he has like the Finder logo. Uh, and this is on YouTube. And he says, we don't need to see anyone puking ever says someone who gave triangle of sadness a 4.5 out of five. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't know the story, Ian and I actually were sitting next to each other, uh, watching triangle of sadness for the first time. This was, uh, at the film festival down in Austin. And Ian literally could not look at the screen, literally had his eyes covered. Like you'll see somebody cover their eyes in a horror movie or something. And I thought it was hilarious for whatever reason that doesn't, you know, body functions don't necessarily bother me that much. Um, if they're a cheap excuse for a shock or a laugh, then maybe. But this was, in my opinion, really expertly done. So I, I will leave you a guess as to who wrote the uh, puking should never be on screen uh, ever sin. Um, that's right. <laughs> it was Ian. Nice. Well, that'll take us to Tuesday's video then. And I think I'm going to go ahead and crown it now. I think this was my favorite video from the week. Um, nice. So congratulations. Uh, this is one that like I had. Well, to it start... could have been any of any of four from this week and I would have felt good. Uh, yeah. I wrote on most stuff this week. So 
Yeah. It was one of those that like I had to go back and actually delete some of the stuff that I wrote down because it was just like you can't write every sin down. You can't write every sin down. <laughs> I'm over here going, no, no, do it. Tell me all the things. The show will be two and a half hours long and we don't Let's want that. do it. Hey, two and a half hours of praising me? I like it. <laughs> well, I've already deleted them, so sorry. Oh, all I right, guess, fine. I guess we can go into an alternate world or until time travel's invented to, mm-hmm. to stop me. Yes. So. And to be clear, praising me and Daniel, uh, Daniel slayed this script. So, yeah, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, so I mentioned you and Daniel writing on this one. Um, I'll start off with... I. Uh, all right, I'm going to start off with a, a behind-the-scenes thing because I got a DM. First of all, I, I don't remember your thoughts on this movie, but I remember thinking, like, this looks actually kind of decent um, when the trailers came out. And I was like, mm-hmm. I might check that out on Netflix one day or whatever. So uh, is it is it worth seeing? Is it pretty good? Sure. I Listen, it's hard when you do what we do because sinful doesn't mean not fun. It doesn't mean you can't have a good time. doesn't mean you can't like a movie. This is a very sinful movie. This is not a movie that cares much at all about things about physics and things that would exist in the real world. And that's okay. But for what we do, it is a terrible movie because of all those different things. However, the animation is is interesting. Uh, there's some fun moments. You'll laugh a little bit. It's just going to depend on how distracted you get by those little things that tweak your brain, where you're like, that makes no sense to me. I don't understand that. What is this world? I'm very confused. Like, if you're not distracted by that stuff, you can have a fun time with this movie. I know I know a lot of people like this movie. I do not. I, I don't think it's all that great. Um, okay. But that's because a lot of that stuff just annoyed me in this one. My thing, and I think I even send it in a couple places, I just think it's unoriginal. I don't think there's anything new here. Uh, and it's, it's just annoying because I'm waiting for, okay, what's the interesting part about this that I go, oh, you know what the bad guys does that no other movie does. And the answer is there is no answer in my opinion. So, so yeah, I end up not liking it. I just remember the trailer coming out and I was just like, oh, this is kind of like discount Zootopia. Uh, Um, you know, we got animals doing real things in real world and there seems to be crime. So discount Zootopia. Uh, but I got a DM, uh, wanted to ask specifically, um, Obina, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I apologize if I'm not, uh, he DM me on Twitter and said, can you ask whoever wrote on the bad guys, why they hate fun? Was it Ian? I feel like it was, Ian, so. <laughs> well, we know it wasn't Ian. Uh, although I'm, I, I have a feeling Ian would hate this movie as well. Uh, nobody hates fun. We just hate movie unoriginal insipid movies. Uh, and that's, that's what this like feels like to me. So. But you can have fun. You don't have to be original to have fun. And I think a lot of people do have fun with this movie. And also just I felt like when you when you watch the the Sins video, you can tell whether or not the writers are having a good time with it or not. Mm-hmm. Or whether they actually hate the movie or whatever. And I feel like this was Sins that were more like, here's goofs or here's, again, mm-hmm. why this might be unoriginal. This wasn't, here's why this movie is bad. Um, like, right. So I, I got the feeling that... The, at least the narrator was having a decent time. So, well, there you go. Um, well, good. Yeah. So I was like, I don't, I don't know that I'd say that about this one, but you know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. Uh, let's start with the outtakes um, because I, I just, I love the Galaxy Quest outtake. Uh, <laughs> is there air? You don't know. <laughs> it's great because it fits both in the scene and it's also the same voice. It's just, it's, it's one of those rare instances where. 
everything comes together and it just works perfectly. And, th- and there was a really long one at the beginning as well, where it was talking about the, the, the snake says, I can taste air. And it says, no, I think you have a tongue that moves sense into the air, like a special organ in your mouth to interpret them. So that just sounds like smelling with your tongue. But either I fell asleep in that class or was way too busy making jokes about my Jacobson's organ. So this is just an invitation to prove me right in the comments. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I like uh, right or wrong in the comments. I like I like when the narrator gets meta and almost like challenges the comment section because he knows <laughs> how toxic it is. <laughs> it's just kind of like yeah. that. Uh, it it yeah. just always reminds me of the the Avengers video with that. There's no gravity in space. So he's almost just like, you know, I think it's this way, but whatever nerds prove me right or wrong. I'm not going to read the comments anyway. <laughs> the uh, there's I just wrote one in a video recently. Where I said at the end, I said something about I wrote something about, um, you know, we have we have turned off comments for this sin in the idea being that nobody could comment uh, on that. specific. <laughs> like somehow there was a YouTube setting that we could set per sin so that if somebody tried to comment on this sin, it would block it, uh, which was just funny in my brain. Yeah, for sure. I guess on that note, were there any like fun snake anecdotes keeping tabs whatever when doing the research well what's interesting about that sin is a combine of daniel and mine we both wrote about this uh that snakes do not taste air they they basically are just really great smellers but it's not even technically a nose it's this special organ that snakes only have called the Jacobson's organ. Um, And so it's basically, the tongue is just moving the air to that organ, which has not taste buds on it, but like smell buds. It's a a weird distinction, but it's, um, but yeah, snakes are are interesting with how they interpret uh, the air around them. So their tongues are essentially what we do when we smell something really good and you like wave your hand over the pot. Yeah. Except it's not going to the nose. It's going towards if we had a nose in our mouth. Like, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, what are some of the stuff that you had? Well, there's uh, like I said, I didn't necessarily enjoy this movie all that much. Um, one of the main things that I wanted to poke at quite a bit because it's so weird is the composition of animals and humans in this world. It's such an a strange percentage. Pretty much all of our main characters are are talking animals, and pretty much all of our non-main characters are humans. So it's this weird world where there's just some talking animals, but it's still mostly human. And somehow in that world, people elected a fox mayor. Like, are, are humans electing a an animal to be mayor. It's just, it's just this weird combination of animals and humans. And, uh, that was something that the, I think we sent a few times, um, but I found it really interesting. It's like, why not just go full animals like Zootopia does? That seems to make a lot more sense than. Right. Cause it's just like an alternate universe, you know, that's just animals instead of humans. So yeah, it's, it's weird when the majority of people are still homo sapiens. And yet there's talking snakes. I don't know. (laughs) The other thing was the ages, just catching the ages on the uh, police lineup photos Mm. and just how old these animals were supposed to be and how they should all be dead several times over uh, at those ages. I thought was really interesting. 
there this is cinema's first instance of Chekhov's fart so congratulations uh, and said so unenthusiastically is, <laughs> <laughs> is just a great delivery by Jeremy mm-hmm. there was two callback sins um like start of the video to I guess Chekhov's sins because <laughs> uh, because then at the end of this one it says it's cinema's very first past gaseous ex machina congrats to all involved mm-hmm. um this is just fun some of the ones where I have to pause the video because especially now that I have to pay attention to every sin, you know, as opposed to just laugh through the next. Yeah. One. Right. Um, <laughs> and then there was the two Panda Express ones where the first one was just something about like pulling out your wiener in Panda Express or whatever, or being naked. In Panda <laughs> I, Express. Don't think, I don't think that's what I don't think it was. It was something, I didn't write that. it down because I didn't want to go back into the video because I was already running late on prep because we're recording a little earlier than usual. It was something yeah. about being naked in Panda Express, and then there was the, another callback. No, no, no. The lead-in is, say hello to Mr. Snake, and the sin is, <laughs> oh, sure, an animated movie can say it, but when I say it one time in a Panda Express, and I'm the villain, whatever. Um, yeah, that was the first one. <laughs> and, and then the second one was saying something, it, it calling back, and it said, like, you can't do this here, here, or apparently in Panda Express. Is, right, and, uh, yes. Out of all the places you could pick, why did you have to ruin Panda Express for me? <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite. It's my favorite restaurant to call out when I write, um, and hmm. I just think there's something about the name Panda Express that's funny. I just think there's something inherently humorous about you know using it. Um, so it works for me. So I use it. I love Panda Express, but where I live, I live right next to a mall, and there's a Panda Express in the mall. But then I'm always conflicted because. On either side of Panda Express is a local Japanese stir fry noodle um, place in the food court. Mm-hmm. And they're like really good and they make everything nice and fresh, not, you know, in big batches. So it takes a little bit to get your food, but it's worth it. And then on the other side, it's a Chick-fil-A. And so I f- pretty infrequently go to Panda, even when I walk into the mall intending to get Panda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, d- I love me some Panda Express. Nice. Isn't the Holy Grail the Holy Grail of thievery? Um <laughs> and the suicide cloud why don't you just call yourself the suicide cloud because i was i haven't seen the movie but halfway through i'm thinking okay so this is just like suicide squad for the kids i guess Mm -hmm. yeah Um, and so it later calling it the suicide cloud is uh Mm -hmm. nice puns of course then then that leads you into being like oh aaron wrote on this got it (laughs) (laughs) not always in this case yes but not always (laughs) Uh, and then the other one I wrote down was uh, don't even get me started on parents who change diaper in these diapers in these things because you were sending like don't don't put your feet on the booths and um, yes changing diapers on booths or tables in restaurants is the worst possible thing you can do at a restaurant mm-hmm. and as somebody who currently works in the restaurant industry please don't do that almost every single bathroom has a changing table built into it um, mm-hmm. ours does. So use those. It's actually a health code violation. So we have to go tell you to not do it at our tables. Like in public, you have to go to an enclosed bathroom to do that. So in case you didn't know, you are violating health codes. You're welcome. And and every single other patron in the restaurant hates you because you're being a monster to (laughs) my food. And I'm not hungry anymore for the food I just paid for. So the only other one I'm I had uh, pointed out for possible chat was just how long I took trying desperately to figure out what the Latin text on the Golden State Police Department meant. It was so weird because it's clear. It is clear to me 
they took an English idiom of some sort, put it through a translator for Latin, but then when you try to reverse translate it, it just doesn't make sense. And I just could not for the life of me figure out what that idiom was. Directly translated, it appears to mean until the need for mourning love as a soft stage of healing the bed. What what is this has to be talking about like a deathbed maybe or about being sad when somebody dies or out of out of mourning comes joy or I don't I don't know but it's it's just such a it has to mean something doesn't it it's 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 not lorem ipsum it's not like random it actually can be translated so man I don't know it's weird it feels like, yeah, it it should make sense, but it doesn't necessarily. So, yeah, it feels kind of like, yeah, Google Translate to Latin, but it doesn't translate back. Or it could just be an Easter egg for somebody that's like, I like this line of poetry or whatever. Yeah, but I, I, I actually just realized I put it in the sin. Um, I just spent a good 20 minutes. That is not an exaggeration. I, I spent 20 minutes trying to figure out what that Latin phrase meant. And, that's uh, as long that, as the video. That's way too long to spend on one sin. Way too long. Especially for something that should be easily, like, right. should be able Thank to you. easily find it. Yeah, that's way too long Thank to spend you, on that sin. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, some Appreciate sins are worth back. spending 20 minutes on. That <laughs> The sin was the fact that you spent 20 minutes looking it up. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. Nice. Uh, that'll take us to Wednesday's video, House of the Dragon. This is episode four. You and Daniel again. Um, yeah. Back to back. Um, you're liking House of the Dragon. It's over now. Um, thoughts on the first season? I I am in on this show. And the reason I'm in on this show is because I see where it's going and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think it's going to be interesting story work. And the last two episodes of season one, which we're not talking about yet, we're as far as releasing videos back on episode four, right? We're talking about episode four today. Mm-hmm. But I'll just go ahead and tell you. The last two episodes of this season launch us into something I'm really excited to see, you know, happen. The first eight episodes of this season, I think if you looked at all the choices you had to make as a TV show, they made the wrong choice in every single instance. I just feel like the way they decided to cover this show, the way they decided to cover this material is slow plotting, confusing, nonsensical, skips over really important character developments. Uh, If I had one switch to flip in reverse history, that switch would have easily been do flashbacks instead of linear time. Do flashbacks. Just start us in the year lead up to the, the last two episodes. Leave us in that continuity for our understanding of our timeline but then go fill in the blanks with flashbacks. Use the other actors you cast as the young versions, that kind of stuff, because then you're not dealing with time jumps. You're Mm -hmm. dealing with flashbacks, which we know how to process more internally in a story. Um, I just, I really didn't like the way they structured it. The the show is much more interested in atmosphere than it is in actually tightening up and spending parts of the show where it needs to spend those parts for us to know characters. There's huge character developments that the show just absolutely waves at and yada yadas. Um, those first, first eight episodes are a mess and it's a miracle that I'm as invested as I am, uh, at the end of the season. I just think that's a testament to, there's a great story there. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I think they made 
bunch of terrible decisions uh, in this first season. Well, and it's one of those where, like, I think I, I mean, I've been really excited about the show. I've, I've liked it quite a bit. And I agree with you. I think flashbacks in hindsight would have been a better way to go about it, or at least just tighten up all the time jumps, make it just it's not an entire season of setup, make it even if they wanted to do three or four episodes. Um, if you're or- going to do it this way, listen, this is not a terrible way to do it. If you're going to give it the time it needs to do it this way, the crown does it this way and they do fine. But you know why? Because they spend enough time in each era that we feel satisfied about what we've learned about these characters characters during mm. that era, or I guess in the case of the crown, these actual human beings. Um, so if this had spent the entire first season with young Renera and Alicent, that's, I think, a different story, but that's not what it wanted to do. It wanted to get to what we see in, in 9 and 10, and I just think there's a better way to do that if that's where you want to kick off. I think there's a version of this where episodes one through eight are a movie like released in theaters and then you start the series as a sequel. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think you could cram most of episode one through eight and then you fill in the blanks with flashbacks with stuff that you didn't include. Yeah, I think I think that might even be a better way to go about it. But I'm really curious. I think a lot of people dropped off the show after right, right about this point because they realized what the show was doing and it's certainly not the best Mm -hmm. idea. Um, And it definitely couldn't keep them interested. Right. Uh, So I'm very curious to see how the numbers are going to look for season two. Um, How many people are just going to not return, but it almost feels like with that finale, like how do you stop here? Like, (laughs) uh, yeah, because it's about to be the show that you wanted it to be. So anyway. Yep. I feel like they just got their season eight out of the way in season one. And that's fine. <laughs> you know, let's move on. The biggest sin that I think was valid and made me really think a lot. And I think it it really accentuates a lot of why we're talking about the specifically the time jumps didn't work as well as because uh, the first thing I wrote down is that sitting that the show or the this isn't the verbatim, but I said sending the show that the show doesn't give it an explanation on why Renera changes her mind about being like a young independent, doesn't want kids, wants to be a warrior. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden she's like a mom. She doesn't really ride dragons much anymore. She's more general than like in terms of like plotting and strategy than she is, you know, a soldier. And it's like, there's, we don't give that. We don't experience that because when last time we see her, when she's young, she's still, yeah, She's still a warrior and she is now interested in, in guys and dealing with some of the fallouts of that. But yeah, she goes from, she goes from, I just want to be like one of the dude Kings and sleep with who I want to sleep with. And I don't want kids. And then next time, literally the next time we see her, she's got a family of five and it's just like, I love this. This is great. I love my kids. And it's like, okay, how did that change? That seems like a pretty important kind of character change, even as, especially as it relates to being king or being queen. And I just, yeah, it's such a weird thing. And we just need a moment, right? Like we need, we need to see like a, a moment in her face after her first child is born or something like that to where mm-hmm. she's like, well, I didn't really plan for this, but I guess now it's here. And then now that I've had a kid, like, all right, cool. I can get behind this. I think this is maybe a better pathroom. Like that's all we need to see, you know? It's it's a great example of of why the time jumps are baffling. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, some of the stuff you noted about the video. The uh, there is is one of those things where we just messed up, and we're always honest about when we mess up or whatever. But just to see the comments on the uh, Norvos and Cohor thing, which I don't know if if you saw this, but um, 
there's a sin where it's like, wait till you see the tapestries we got from Norvos and Kohor. And the sin is just naming your kids Norvos and Kohor. And then the the comments are littered with Norvos and Kohor are cities. <laughs> <laughs> but and cities are typically named after people. So. They, they are. That's fine. <laughs> it also doesn't bother me that the narrator didn't realize that because it is also a sin of the show that there's so many names and so many things going on that sometimes you mistake cities for humans. It happens. Um so anyways, I thought that was uh, really funny. And then I also just the anytime we can call back to OG Game of Thrones, but the, uh, there's there's some more prince that is promised. Uh, mm-hmm. Rhaenyra says, from my blood comes the prince that was promised and his will be the song of ice and fire. And then the sin is just all this seems really weighty and cool until you remember they crowned forking Bran. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. just funny to think that that happened, that Bran was the one uh, that they went with at the end. So, yeah, it does really know it quite a bit. I don't know. Maybe maybe whenever the final two books get released, you can just start being like, none of the show is a prequel to the books, not to the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, nope. They I think they've specifically said it's the show universes are tied together. So, yeah. Shame. Um, the the trumpets blaring and then the the royal oh, the skip. fanfare. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, that'll yeah. come back. Nice. I like it. Seeing the ways that the sin started off as just skip, but like seeing the different ways that all the channels have kind of like mm-hmm. changed it to keep it interesting to not just keep on using the same joke over and over. Same with the college girlfriend. You know, it's like there's different ways. You know, and, and even TV sins adopting title of my mm-hmm. sex tape instead of you know that's what she college said, girlfriend or college yep. girlfriend or whatever yeah like seeing seeing the ways I mean because there was the there was the cocoa button for a while now we got now we got the the fanfare and the oh, we need to bring back the cocoa button so anyway thinking that you can tell anything from a sniff t- test when you are in the shit in the street stage of civilization <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's just true I got a chance to um, when I was in college to go. Uh, spend some time in uh, I, I went to bible college and so i could spend some time in some of the cities that are talked about in the new testament philippi and mm-hmm. thessalonica and all that um and so we went to pompeii because it's a preserved city from the sept from 70 ad um so mm-hmm. it's one of those that like they're like you can learn a lot by just studying this culture and i did and it was also one of the ones where it's like why are there giant stones in the street oh because mm-hmm. horses would just go to the bathroom and you don't want to walk in it it's like and then I'll have people cleaning. It's like rain. Like, <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> yep. I, I am so grateful for showers and hand sanitizer, all that stuff. There's the Royal booty call sin, which just says I'd give all the <laughs> mate, all the sins back. If the maid has just walked in and said you up. <laughs> yeah. That one made me laugh. And the, uh, the other one I wrote down was Funkalunking. And, uh, and then there was the, uh, uh, shut your fucking face. Uncle Funker from, uh, mm-hmm. South park, which is yeah. just, yeah, uh, fun- uh, Funkle Unking is one of those that just is light bolt of lightning kind of thing where it's just like, that's funny. That's funny to say. It, you know exactly what it means. And uh, yeah, Funkle Unking's great. I love it. Yeah. I had two questions about the video. Uh, yep. for, well, for, one of them is about a future video. Um, when can we expect the what happens last night? What happened last night since vid? The answer is the same for every <laughs> when can we expect since vid answer. You can expect it when it's released, uh, which may be never. <laughs> and then the other one is uh, the, the the show chooses to cut to um, a Family Guy clip of the Walk of Shame. Oh, right. Just, yeah, yeah. What's the um, what, kind of what's a little bit of insight into choosing? I mean, for obvious reasons, 
for censoring a lot of it if you were to do the uh, the actual Game of Thrones walk. But I just think it's funnier sometimes too. Da- this was Daniel's uh, sin, and he specifically wanted them to use that scene for the Walk of Shame. Uh, it's something fun that we do every once in a while. For the most part, the narrator is going to lead the way, but sometimes we'll just have clips. Or I remember recently they kept beating something in a show or movie that we just kept saying was not interesting. And then the one time we did it, we just cut in Tommy Lee Jones. I don't care. Uh, you know, like sometimes it's fun to do. So yeah, we'll do some visual media like that sometimes. Sure. I don't have anything else in the video. Did you? Nope. Cool. So that'll take us to Thursday's video. Dave, uh, this is some movie. Okay, I was going to ask. Um, so this is you and Jeremy writing on this movie, yeah. uh, by the way. I've never seen this movie. I don't think it has like a like a reputation that has made me be like, add it to my watch list already. But mm-hmm. after this video, I was like, I think I would really like this movie. Oh, so. this movie's great. This movie's great. I, I People like this movie. It's just one of those movies that's been just kind of forgotten under the radar, as has Kevin Klein, by the way, who's one of the funniest actors ever to live. He's so... His comedic timing is so good, and he's so good in this. Dave hits that part of me that's both enjoys laughing and enjoys funny concepts, but also enjoys the idea of optimism. And Dave is a very optimistic movie about this idea that it is possible uh, to govern with empathy and care and logic as opposed to political acumen. So, yeah, it's... It hits me in a lot of right spots, and uh, I, I love it. This was really fun to sit. Well, and it's one of those, like, you think of the concept, and you're like, oh, this is like one of those 90s movies that is just like silly and funny and mm-hmm. carefree about it. And it's like, oh, no, this is like Oliver Stone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's that's the kind of movie we're actually getting. Okay, fine. I think we, liter- I, I think we literally had a sin in there. I think it made the mm-hmm. final cut about the movie being more as themselves than actors. Like there are more as themselves credits in the, in the credits of this movie than there are actors because there's just so many uh, people who are just playing, you know, their political pundits or Oliver Stone or whoever that this movie uses. So it's really interesting. Yeah. Um, he didn't direct this movie though, right? Did he? Oh no, 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 no. Ivan Reitman is also one of those, like the sins video pointed out. I didn't write it down, but like, like kind of like you're mentioning, like it seems like one of those like interesting movies that you're like, oh, like what if this could happen? Like do like this guy could actually like maybe mm-hmm. stand a chance, an actual not politician in office. You right. know, maybe he could do some good. But he's like, I'll make a job for every person in America that wants one. He's like, but how? You're making claims that every candidate has said mm-hmm. and Yeah. And why is everybody getting so supportive of you? Like it's not mm-hmm. like that they've been told that their whole life without ever seeing any actual change yeah it's and and the answer is because we're supposed to believe it now right the answer is because the movie has told us that he means it and that's just you know on it once you start thinking about it on a real level that's just not good enough yeah some of the sins you had written up for this week well i conceptually to be very clear this movie makes no sense uh the first of all the idea they could pull it off is wild The, the fact that this that they play it off like, oh, this guy looks a lot like the president. And it's the same exact actor. It's 
it looks so funny to me because no, he looks identical to the president. Uh, that is, you know, there's no world where that's going to work in the way that it that it works here. The other part of that is the relationship between him and the first lady, and how weird and strange the idea is that she would then fall in love with a guy that looks exactly like the guy she was just married to as president. I, it's just it's it's never mentioned. It's never even the awkwardness of it all is brought up. Uh, specific sins. Uh, have to mention the carpet doesn't match the trapes. Uh, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my favorites that's come out of my brain. Uh, the idea that the red carpet wasn't long enough and so the carpet doesn't match the trapes. That was fun. Uh, and then I'm really enjoying now. Anytime there's a Warner Brothers movie, just sending Discovery. It's just mm-hmm. one of my. It's one of my new favorite things. So yeah, almost like how whenever it's Fox, you could say you could send Disney. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Lots of fun there. Yeah. That the whole wife thing seemed really weird. Like, oh yeah, your your husband's died, and I know he was unfaithful and pretty distant, but like he's still your husband. Like, <laughs> you're just gonna run away well, with a new he, guy. He was still the president of the United States, and the fact that can you imagine how the world would lose their mind if the spouse of the president of the United States started immediately dating? Somebody that looked exactly like the president of the United States after their spouse had died. I it's just it's wild to me. Yeah. Uh nineteen ninety-three where you could have a president flirt with an office secretary and it'd be considered fictional. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is pre-Monica. Uh mm-hmm. and so that's that stuff kind of takes on a new light. There was also the impeachment one too, right? Where it's like yep. since this movie, there's been three impeachments. Uh so yeah. Yeah, I I got people up on Hillary talking impeachment. Remember when that was shocking? Before this movie, it had only happened once in nineteen sixty uh, eighteen sixty-eight. After this movie, it happened three times. Uh, Coincidence. <laughs> and then the other one that just slayed me was the uh, uh it was said like you got all America in a car, and then Scenario was like, What, like we're squeezed in there like some sort of buffoonish clowns in a car? Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's us. We're like recording like as this is going like public. So there weren't any comments when I had to do my preps. So I didn't mm. and I didn't have any like questions to ask. Um, but I did have just to like we got two. I'm sorry, Dave. I can't do that outtakes this week because mm-hmm. it was in the Rick and Morty video. Nice. And then yeah. here, that's that's fun. Yeah. yeah. And I it, just wrote another one for another movie. So I feel like that one can be used a lot. And when sure you have can. a movie called Dave, how do you not put that you, outtake? In you there? have to. I think you have yeah. to. I think so. Um, anything else in the video? No, I think I mentioned everything I wanted to. Added it to my watch list. I'm actually like really excited to check this one out at some point. I think it'd be cool. Mm-hmm. I guess there was also the um, the whole thing about just sitting how like this 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 would never actually work because you're like these people are committing treason and mm-hmm. they're 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 going on yep. it based <sighs> off of like they, they say the pay the nurses fifty thousand and the doctors a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. You're like nope, not a chance. Well, um, it, it, <laughs> what's what's wild about this the the plot of this movie is. We're supposed to hate the villains for doing this, for you know swapping the president in, but we're not supposed to hate, hate them because they're imp- making a person impersonate the president. We're supposed to hate them because they're being mean to this guy. Because what's the solution that our hero does towards the end of the movie? He impersonates the president. Like he, like that is that's not okay. That's that doesn't making him a hero. But he's like, no, I'm going to keep doing this thing. Uh, yeah, it's it's a re- it's a wild a wild thing to me. 
it's illegal to pers- uh, to impersonate a police officer. So imagine mm-hmm. that scale on the yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's silly and it's re- and so like just the whole going on about like this is the only way a conspiracy works if it's like seven people in a room that know about it and like, but as soon as any more people find out, not a chance. Mm-hmm. But also, no way the nurses are only taking fifty thousand to keep their mouth shut. Yeah, like, right. yeah. Uh, maybe the doctors, but they already make money. I don't, I don't know. But specifically, yeah. the nurses of that. Oh, and then the doctor who's like, "Yep, checks out. Everything's good. <laughs> <laughs> he's healthier than I've ever seen him. He's like his penis is a little bit longer." But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That was one of the sids. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, and then that'll take us to Friday's um, com- Commercial Sins. Uh, this is uh, uh, the Geico Secret Identity, written by Daniel. Yeah, Daniel wrote um, this. this. This commercial sucks, as as all of them do that you see. I wrote down, um, you have the Saucy Stash and the Acceptable Analyst, as titles before we find out. Uh-huh. It's the, the green something. The green, I don't, I don't even know or care. But I just want to know, um, did Daniel have any alternate bad superhero names for this? No, no, everything is there. I remember personally in college, I was picked to do like the Mr. College, you know, variety show, whatever. And the theme was superheroes. And for my superhero, I did miscellaneous man and just had the most random miscellaneous superpowers which everybody thought was hilarious and was really funny and now is kind of like the norm <laughs> like you look at like <laughs> you look at uh, invincible or uh-huh. the boys uh-huh. or whatever and it's just like all these miscellaneous powers people being silly so yeah it's interesting like one of my superpowers as miscellaneous man was that i could i could speak to squirrels but only about tax law so I could, <laughs> so I could help squirrels do their taxes. That was my superpower. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> it's the modifiers. Like I, they should make a show. You should uh-huh. you should get a miscellaneous man pilot going because like yeah. I want him to have totally useful powers, except only in totally useless situations. Like yeah. he can, he's really he can communicate with squirrels. But only about something that squirrels couldn't comprehend. Right. Yep. I've decided this man is named Frank and he can fuck off with this unimpressed bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The way the way he names everybody and is just like, you're all fake. You've all got masks (laughs) and costumes on. Uh huh. Don't play with me, Susan. Which I did have a uh, have a question for that. He's going around the room and he's saying Frank is actually like really into punk rock, and he's and then he says, and this person does whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, and then he said, and then Brad makes something called mead in his basement, and I just got to know <laughs> has uh, has Daniel been lurking in our Discord chat? I no, I think that's just something he pulled out. Uh, so, but yes, I know you guys have been talking about mead uh, as well. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know. Like, I credit where credit's due, man. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Because I think somebody had asked something. We were talking, whatever. And then I was like, hey, I've actually done that. And then somebody else was like, I'm going to do it tomorrow. And I pr- probably check up on them, make sure they haven't, you know, poisoned themselves. But um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, go check out Discord. Um, it's a fun time over there. Um, the yeah. link's in the episode description. Come hang out with us and talk about all sorts of things. Discord.gg slash CinemaSins. Um, whoop, whoop. Um, some of the stuff you had from the video, I have a couple more, but well, this comes from Daniel. He says the, this one was a bit of a learning experience in managing on-screen visuals. I wrote the whole script and was overall proud of it. But when the first draft came back, realized there wasn't a lot on screen for the editors to work with. And since the whole commercial is in an office, the footage isn't actually that interesting, especially since we have to slow the footage down to stretch 30 seconds of footage over several minutes. 
This led to the addition of the visuals from Transformers and the Iron Giant, small additions, but I think both helped uh, breathe more life into the, what the viewer was seeing. Side note, there was a clip of Johnny Five from the short, uh, from Short Circuit 2 that I really wanted to use, but couldn't make it work. So fans may see that pop up in a future video uh, somewhere. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's also like, that makes sense. I mean, if, if he's saying there's not a lot visually to do there, mm-hmm. it makes it funnier the fact that you can put in Transformers or the Iron yep. Giant. Yeah. Yep. Good job, Daniel. This commercial cannot convince me that this name was not immaculately conceived in the same manner as my college band where I played the lead melodica. We were high. That's it. That's pretty much the whole story. So I asked, whose story is this? Well, it's uh, Daniel's story, but I, I think it's I think it's uh, whole cloth. Fictionalized. I, yeah, I think that's fictionalized. So there you go. I just I just like to think about like if it was a combine or maybe if he's like channeling somebody else who's like, hey, somebody give me a story about like some some stupid thing that you did when you were high and you named something because mm-hmm. you were high or whatever i like to make fictionalized backstories for you guys like maybe danae was in a band she played lead melodica yeah uh, yeah and i guess people that don't listen to the podcast are just gonna have to not know uh they'll take us to saturday's video this is the hunger games recent you and daniel again i really could have had daniel on this episode too you could have you could <laughs> have but then you wouldn't have dave so i got him True. beat by one I got him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Why don't you kick us off here? Okay. This is so fun, Aaron. I am having so much fun going back to some of these, you know, old movies that were on the smaller side of our sins uh, world because we were just starting and kind of digging into them. Hunger Games is really a good movie. I like this is the thing that. I think people put it in with all the other uh, young adult fiction um, and and it kind of gets lumped into this glut that kind of happened during that time. But the first Hunger Games movie and maybe even the last couple Hunger Games movies are actually pretty good. Uh, and so it was fun going back and watching it and, and picking it apart. Uh, I love that we seen that the the idea of giving someone three minutes for anything like who does that? Who gives someone three minutes? <laughs> you give someone a minute or you give someone five minutes. You don't give someone three minutes. What a weird number. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the kind of stuff uh, that I love um, sending. And then, of course, it doesn't go three minutes. It goes 83 seconds and somebody comes in and goes, your time's up. It's like, OK, sure. 83 seconds. <laughs> I was going to ask how you felt about the film, too, because I know you like are very like anti-violence glorifying. And I mean, that's kind of yes. the movie's point is to say that like this violence is unnecessary. And it, as the sin counter points out, it, most of this movie, like it takes so long to actually get into it. Um, it's significantly less of the runtime than we probably remember. Yeah. It's also not like explicit. It's PG-13. Well, and it's also, you know, the violence is never the, the answer here. Um, right. It is absolutely the problem. Uh, so, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't bother me at all. Uh, in the same line of sending a lot of numbers, uh, someone starts a countdown mm-hmm. at 15. <laughs> like, who starts <laughs> yes, a countdown so at 15? <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Then I, I had to mention, uh, just because it's one of my favorite things where you have to think about something for a second and then you're mad. You're sad that you did. There's a cat hiss at Katniss. Uh, the, the cat hisses at Katniss and she says, I'll still cook you. And then the sin is just preparing a meal without considering that DJ Khaled wouldn't eat it. And, uh, <laughs> if you don't get that joke, that's fine. But, uh, but maybe someday you will. 
Yeah. <laughs> There's also, I didn't write this one down, but I want to get out of the way. Cause I also really liked how there was, um, the sin that essentially said something about like, like there's a YouTube channel that's going to pick this apart or whatever. And mm-hmm. the sin essentially is like this movie came out before cinema sins was a channel and deal with the repercussions of, uh, of not knowing that we're going to do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I should have wrote it down because it would have been a lot funnier if I had, had known how it actually was written, <laughs> but, but that was fun. Cause it was when I had to think about, it. I was like, wait, hold on. Hunger games was what year and cinema sins was 2012. So like, yeah. Anyway, it was just like, Oh, I like this movie. I really like Catching Fire. I think that one's really good. And hmm, okay. the last two are fine. Yeah. I just think it did a really good job of like, it's more in the circle as well as like, I think it did a really good job world building um, and adding specifically to the game. I really like Catching Fire. Uh, some stuff from the Sins video. Um, I'll, I'll start off with my tease that I teased earlier. Um, the Sins says, from this point forward, everyone will treat this pin as if it's special, but nobody will explain why. To which uh, this is the one video I watched with my wife because she got home from work and I'm like, I have one more thing to do Mm -hmm. um, while prepping, but it's the Hunger Games video and she likes the channel and she's a big book reader. So she's a big Hunger Games fan. And so she's like, all right, pause the video. And she had to explain to me like what the Mockingjay actually is. And she's like, they explain it in the books. And so I just looked at her. I said, the books don't matter. (laughs) (laughs) resumed. Movie doesn't do its own work. It's getting sinned. Yeah. And she got mad at me for saying that, but <laughs> she also like proceeded to do it later as well when she did some, there was something else that happened mm-hmm. and sure. now, and I was just like, okay, but like the books don't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, that's fine. But I want to tell you almost like <laughs> when you're watching Lord of the Rings with somebody and they have to be like, Hey, you know, that Aragon actually broke his, uh-huh. it's like, yes, we all knew. Also one that I, <laughs> we both laughed at. I didn't write down, but it's where they're doing the entrance and they, they stick their hands up in the air and Stanley Tucci's like, they're sticking their hands up as a symbol of like mm-hmm. togetherness. And it's like, yeah, right. We couldn't have figured that out on our own. Like, <laughs> and it's like, I'm don't get me wrong. I'm glad that Stanley Tucci's here, but like give him something better to work with. <laughs> yeah. DC isn't ruining its most important franchise characters in the scene with the mm-hmm. hall of justice. Yeah. Uh, did you already say the ones that you had or did you have more? Yeah. I think I mentioned all the ones uh, that I wanted to mention. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure because I think you had, but I'm like, I don't want to just take up all the time. I mean, there there is also the fun thing that, that can happen in, in these videos that I enjoy doing personally, which is when you just make the narrator so clueless and so obtuse <laughs> and something goes over their head. And the idea that the, the person would say, hey, Mitch, and the narrator would go, her name is Katniss and hey, yourself, pretty boy. Uh, <laughs> that he would literally, the narrator literally thinks that, that he was calling Katniss Mitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a callback uh, to that as well when he's like, oh, joy, why don't you join us? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's, that's fun. Yeah, and in the in kind of in the same line, we have uh, bringing a knife to an exposure fight because it's like <laughs> exposure will kill you like ten percent or whatever. Right? Yeah, uh, yeah. The knives aren't the problem; it's exposure that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. Which also, like, they say that twenty percent of you will die by exposure, and ten percent of you will die um, by dehydration. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't think we see anybody die that way. No, uh, there's a lot of off-screen deaths, but like we assume that there's that group of District One and Two people that are being pricks. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna assume that nobody died. That yeah. the stat was wrong this year, <laughs> and there was the 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 Mockingjay pin when she gives it back to the sister, and it's like regifting a gift to the person who gifted it to you. <laughs> <laughs> so rude. 
So rude. And there's the propaganda video that says widows, orphans, a motherless child. You're like, what? Just one motherless child? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> why isn't why doesn't it say motherless children? Everything else is plural. I'm so confused. Also, isn't a motherless child just an orphan? Like <laughs> a form of orphan, yes. A form of orphan, yes. <laughs> and the last one was this movie's couple's name is Penis. Um It is. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing you can do about it. That is the actual couple name. This is totally not related to the video, but it, part of my last job, I would like come up with creative games to start engaging the audience. And um, so I came, I would find there's this website that you can go to um, where you can find these creative games mm-hmm. um, that are like meant for this kind of start. And it, my last job was a ministry job. So it was like, it's specifically that stuff. And um, I came across this game that's called Peter, 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 or Peter. Mm-hmm. So it's Peter the Bread. Peter the organization, Peter from Hunger Games, or the Apostle Peter. Nice. Um, and it gives you a fact and you have to guess which one it pertains to. That's great. That's great. I will say the the first uh edit that came back, Jeremy's narration, uh I actually had him redo it on that one because he did it more of like, you know, the celebrity couple's name is P Niss. And I said, no, I just wanted just to sound like penis. You just say penis, you know, and and so I had him uh, redo it just to just to say it. So Jeremy, re-record penis. Um, yes, please. <laughs> nice. Well, I think that'll do it for the content this week. Uh, That's a lot. Of yeah, fun. well, I had a good time, uh, but we're not done yet. We're going to move on to our next segment behind the center. So tell me about yourself. We're all sinners. Every one of us. And what happens to sinners? Get to know each other better, you know? See, Daddy, sinners have soul, too. The information, it's too much. Walk away, Marge. Just walk away. So uh, we already finished the round one questions. This is your second time on this season of the show. So means we're moving on to round two of the questions. Um, and so I have two from Nick and then a game from Joseph. Uh, okay. Nick. So Nick wanted to uh, prompt this question. Is there a previously released Sins video that you wish you could have worked on? Yeah, uh, Last Airbender, The Last Airbender, The Last Airbender. Uh, let me tear that thing to shreds. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I am I am about to go full sin bender and, uh, and just absolutely destroy them. I don't know the schedule in the future, so I don't know that there won't be a chance for you to do it in the next <laughs> eight, seven weeks. Yes. And that's one, not a one, tease. <laughs> one can only hope. <laughs> What's a sins video that you are glad that you didn't have to tackle or a film that if it gets sinned, you hope you won't be scheduled on? You know, this is a really hard question because I just don't think of it in that way. Like every movie that gets put in front of me, I just kind of go all right, let's go. Um, Because if I like it, that's fun. I like sending stuff I like. If I don't like it, that's fun. Um, So I guess the answer would have to be something that I would find tedious. I I guess the answer is uh, a green knight again. (laughs) (laughs) Because I did have to send that and it was terrible. Um, Because it's just so slow and tedious. Um, So so much of the movie is metaphor and yeah. 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 Hmm. But no, I don't, you know, I mean, maybe something like, maybe something complex, like uh, Multiverse of Madness or something like that. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's fine. I gave Knives Out in the first one just because like, it's so tight. So um, I did send Knives Out. I did do that work. I loved it. It was so much fun. 
I, I love sitting movies that I that are great um, mm-hmm. because I think it gives the narrator a real chance to be a moron. And I think the narrator <laughs> needs to be a moron. So, <laughs> Very nice. Well, I have a quick game for you. Um, Joseph's been coming up with these uh, three sins and a lie. So far, the sins team is 0 for 1. So you get a chance to, to make it a tie. I have a couple of sins videos with uh, three actual sins and one one written by Joseph. I have one specifically saved for Ian, so I have four ready, but you you, you can't get that one. Let's do Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Okay. Um, I watched this movie last week, by the way. So did Joseph. How's it hold we up? Talk- uh, not great. Okay. That's what I would guess. Yeah. It's fine. I think Joseph liked it more than I did. All right. Sin number one. So one of these is a lie. You'll have to guess which one is the lie. All right. Which uh, one of these is not a sin? Which one of them is not in the sins video? It can still right. be a sin. Ah, got it. Yes. <laughs> number one. Weird that the adventures of these two children from the opening credits is way more interesting than the one of the kids experience in the actual movie. Sin number two. I'm sure this marital drama the kids are alluding to is going to be a big part of this movie and won't be forgotten about almost immediately. Sin number three. Actually, a truck would be the size of a house, and a house would be the size of a small town, and the Cubs would still need a better bullpen in 2019. And everyone survives this, so let's add 25 sins for all the times they should be dead. Hmm. All right, let's play a game of uh, process of elimination. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to eliminate the third one. I think that is in the video. Uh, I think I'm going to eliminate the first one. What was the first one again? The weird that the adventures of these two children from the opening credits is way more interesting than the one the kids experience in the actual movie. Yeah, I think that's an actual sin. Uh, that leaves us with two and four. Please read two again. I'm sure this marital drama the kids are alluding to is going to be a big part of this movie and won't be forgotten about almost immediately. Okay. And four was everyone survives this, so let's add 25 sins for all the times they should be dead. Everyone survives this, so let's add 25 sins for all the time. All right, so neither of those sound like something in a sins video to me. I will say you are so far correct. One and three are in the video. Yeah, yeah. I I pretty quickly knew it was either two or four. It's the, the so is killing me in that last one. Re- read that last one again. Everyone survives this, so let's add 25 sins for all the times they should be dead. Yeah, so let's, so let's, like, I mean, things have changed, but we would definitely not say, so let's add. I didn't put these together. I assume that he is copying these verbatim, mm-hmm. um, but just, yes. just to clarify, I assume he is, but I oh, can't sure. confirm. Yeah, I'm sure. But man, that second one doesn't, doesn't sound right to me either. Read the second one one more time and then I will make my call. I'm sure this marital drama the kids are alluding to is going to be a big part of this movie and won't be forgotten about almost immediately. The only reason that doesn't sound right to me is that is a more modern, like, I don't, that wasn't really, of course, I don't know when this video came out. That's, that's true. I don't know when this so, video came out. So there is the, the Cubs would still need a better bullpen in 2019. So I got to okay. think 2019 or later. Yeah. Yeah. Actually. So that I don't know might, either. that might be, I'm going to go with four. I'm going to go with number four. Since team is 0 for two, it was number two. That was a okay. lie. All right. Yeah. There, there's, that's only really a. Almost something we've been doing since TV's sins existed is that kind of sarcasm of, uh, oh, good thing this will never happen. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm glad that this like that's that's mo- kind of a more recent addition to the voice, I feel like. So that's why that one piqued my curiosity. I should have gone that direction. But yeah. 
I'll give you props. I mean, you narrowed it down pretty quickly uh, yeah. to to like a 50-50 shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that was something we talked about at length was just like the the marital redemption is not earned at all in that movie. It's a big mm-hmm. problem. Yeah. That and they keep on alluding to the grass being incredibly long and that the the neighborhood is ashamed for having their long and you see the grass and it's like fine. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no big deal. Yeah. Right. So uh, that's go. all right. I'll give you props. I got uh, close. I got close. You got close. Um, so then one more thing the specifically tailored for you, Aaron, it's been like six weeks, I think, since you've been on, since you've been on, <laughs> All right. surely there's been some sort of system that you think needs fixing. Oh, there are so many systems that need fixing. Um, can we talk about app orders at fast food places for mm. a second? Yes. First of all everybody should be doing this. And when I say that, I mean it in two ways. I mean, every fast food place should have an app that uh, lets you pre-order and just say your name and pick it up. And every human being should have the apps of every fast food place they like and be ordering ahead of time and picking it up. This would save all of us so much time. It has Mm -hmm. gotten to the place now where when I go to a fast food place, If I am sitting behind somebody who is ordering at the microphone, the thing that used to be the only thing you could do, I get mad at them. I get angry at the person who is ordering their food through the microphone because I'm like, all you had to do was download an app, tell them your name, drive to the next window. And now I got to sit here for five minutes while you look at a menu and try to decide if you want a bean burrito or a beefy melt. Like, it's just one of those really frustrating pet peeves currently. So my idea is this. Most drive throughs have two lanes. Designate a lane for app orders. This is mm-hmm. what it does. It does two things. Number one, it allows people who use the app to f- get full advantage of using the app. They're going to be zooming through, right? Number two, it encourages more people to use the app when they see the other lane just rocketing through. So that is that is the system that uh, that I think restaurants should do is designate one of your fast food lanes as an app order lane. Um, I think it'll, it'll do wonders uh, for your restaurant. What happens when somebody comes up to the app order only lane and tries to order? Do you tell them, sorry, back up and go in the line or pull out, do you- pull out, go around, get in the other line? Yep. I was like, you, you're going to have to enforce that. Otherwise, it's pretty moot. Mm-hmm. Well, um, in, in initially, you can have someone directing traffic, too. You know, you'll see some places true. do have somebody out. And, you know, you can have signs. People miss signs. But if somebody, you know, is there that's like and people are coming through the, the app order lane, they, you know, is this an app order? And just tell them then before they even get up to the, the front just so they make sure they know. Um, yeah, until yeah. it's this, until it's established. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I get behind yeah. that. It's and it's one of those two things too that I never really thought about. But if the if the restaurant knows how much food to prepare for the next hour, mm-hmm. everybody sh- everybody's food should be ready right on time. Mm-hmm. It's when the people walk in and order in a microphone that all of a sudden your order might be a little bit late because mm-hmm. they also have this. Well, order to on be top of to be too. fair, the app orders don't get made until you're there, and that's the only way to really do it because then the, otherwise you'd have people not yeah. showing up and that kind of stuff. So. It uses GPS to, well, some of them use GPS to know when you're in the area. 
um, and then it'll tell them you're in the area. But generally, you either have to check in or they'll just check you in when you get to the to the microphone. But then your food is you know ready pretty quickly. So yeah, yeah. Well, it's fast food. Yeah. Yes. Um, and but I, not I've noticed, fast enough. <laughs> I've noticed a lot of places, even like it used to be, like there is somebody who like they would tell you stand at the register all day, um, regardless if nobody's there. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of times, frequently, I don't really go into fast food places anymore. I do drive through or yeah, I guess just drive through. Um, but if I were to go in and order, I, it takes me a couple minutes of standing there before somebody actually gets up to a register. So yeah, that would also speed up the efficiency of that. I'm going to give you a second uh, secondary idea that's not quite as good, but uh, also has me in the fast food lane. I order my food special quite a bit. Uh, there are sauces I don't like. Um, and so I often will get halfway down the road and realize they put the sauce on there that I didn't you know, want on there. And uh, then I either have a choice. I either go back and have them make me the right one or I just, you know, don't eat it. Uh, And, you know, that's not fun. So my idea, my system is in your kitchen, it already has a screen that says what I've ordered and the special parts of my order. Each member in the assembly line making my food is required to say out loud my order as they're making it. And that way, hopefully, it will register all the way down the line exactly what's being made. Because I think people are just, because they want to be in a groove or whatever, they're not actually considering what they're looking at and what they're reading. But when you read something out loud, it registers in a different way. So Hmm. um, the system would be that the fast food workers read out loud as they're making the food um, so that they get it right. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Also, I just think maybe just make all sauces on the side, you know, in packets or whatever. Because eh, that doesn't quite work when you're dealing with like a burrito no. or something. Like, I mean, oh, that's true. Well, yeah. I, I keep on thinking of McDonald's because that's probably the fast food I frequent more because it's on my way to work yeah. and is open if I have to be there late at night. Yeah. So, so I'm thinking like if let's say you don't like ketchup, if they put ketchup on your burger, that's a really hard thing to take off. Versus mm-hmm. like when we serve burgers at the restaurant I work at, it's lettuce, tomato, onion, pickle, and that's it. Like, there's no sauce. And mm-hmm. lettuce, tomato, onion, pickle, all that is really easy to pull off. And if, well, if let you me just get home you, and realize you had it on there, it's not a big deal. It's it's The pickle is still a big deal. Uh, the pickle the, can be because it's <laughs> juice. And it typic- yeah. Typically, it's the thing that goes on top, so it touches the bun. So I get the pickle. But at least the lettuce and tomato and onion are, fi- are fine. Definitely not worried about the lettuce. Uh, yeah. Other than that. <laughs> so I guess that, yeah. yeah, the pickle is an interesting one. But I have um, a system. That I I realized is broken, and I need you to help me fix it because I'm good. Oh, at I'm gonna fix another system today. All right, let's go. I have an appliance in my house that broke recently. Not broke recently. It, it something went wrong with it, and it's because um. So it, this is a coffee maker, and I won't shame the brand um that that made it. I do like this coffee maker though. Uh, but let's just say it's really known for coffee, and it starts with K and ends in Yurik. Um, mm-hmm. got it. So. This 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 brand of coffee maker I have, we have hard right. water where I live. It's very hard water. Um, and so a lot of times like shower heads build up a ton of lime mm-hmm. and sure. soda yeah. faucets. Everything that requires water gets broken quickly. I've had this thing for a little bit less than a year and it stopped um, pouring out. I think because it's clogged, even though I cleanse it every three months like you're supposed to. So I had to call customer service to get it taken care of. And before they would even try to help me with my problem before they would even try to help me troubleshoot. 
I had to give them my full name, my email address, and my phone number. And I don't like giving out personal information, especially to to corporations, unless it's like, hey, we're going to send you a replacement. Give us an email so we can send you tracking and give us your street address or whatever. Like then fine. I'm just calling to try to fix it. So give me the troubleshooting steps. And I had already tried YouTube tutorials and I told, and so they tried to tell me, I'm like, I already did this, 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 and that. And so he's like, okay, so you've already done all the troubleshooting methods. We're just going to send you a new one for free. So I'm grateful. That's good customer service. But it took me five minutes of being on the phone with a human for them to actually start even giving me troubleshooting options. And that was an awful experience because at the very least, help me troubleshoot. Then I'll give you my email and phone number if we need to move forward. So how do we fix phone customer service? Well, uh, I'm going to help you out with your uh, uh, Kelvis Schurig uh, brand coffee maker and uh, let you know that the best way to solve this problem is to stop drinking coffee and throw away the coffee maker and problem solved. I think this is uh, this. I think we're, we're good to go. I think the system has been found. I also, I mean, I use it to brew hot tea when I'm sick or, uh, you know, <laughs> Wait, quick you hot use water your, for You use cocoa. your coffee maker to brew hot tea? To, to brew, to just brew hot water into a cup that has a tea bag in it. Yeah. Wow. I'm not yeah. going to boil water on a stovetop. <laughs> well, when the only other option is coffee flavored water, uh, that's, uh, that's a tough one. No, you know, honestly, there is no uh, quick solution to customer service issues um you know they they have due diligence to do otherwise they will be taken advantage of and if you want to be the kind of person that gives them a different email and name and phone number every time so that you can keep doing this and getting free stuff like uh you could do that but that's those are ways for them to you know make sure that they're well, you know, it was even on top of that. I had to send a picture of the coffee maker with a handwritten my first and last name, street address and um, mm-hmm. uh, the, the order yeah. number that they sent me, the reference number, as well as a picture of the serial number on the back. So yeah. they I, they got their bases covered to make sure I'm not scamming them. Yeah. Uh, now, I mean, there's nothing that um, had me say, like, here's what's wrong with my issue. Like, they got to just trust that I'm telling them that actually something is wrong. But so I guess that part of the system is is broken, but um, it's just incredibly frustrating. It, it took again, it took me like five minutes of being on the phone with a human, giving them information I didn't want to, for them to even start to help me. And then no. on top of that, they got my email wrong because they took it over the phone, and so I had to call back <laughs> and spend another yeah. ten minutes with another individual. Yeah. Not Overall, much I- I'm happy. They sent me a new machine and said, "Don't worry about the old one. Recycle it or something." So. Yeah. That's well, a go. really easy way to do it. And not a refurbished machine, a new inbox. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy overall. Good. Now that we've fixed a couple of systems, um, so the solution to broken coffee makers is just don't don't drink coffee. Got Correct. I, yeah, I fixed it. Yeah. <laughs> I know how it goes. Let's move on to Beyond the Sins. To infinity and beyond. Somewhere beyond my wildest dream. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Uh, Aaron, what is that one thing that you want to quickly recommend, warn or record warn? Oh my goodness! Uh, I I don't know. What do you want? You want a movie? You want TV? Like, what do you what are you in the mood for? Let's do TV because you have a podcast that you talk about movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, weekly, I, so. Yeah, I I've been I've been catching up on a lot of TV as well. One of the re- recent things that uh, I've been working my way um, 
through uh, is a show called The Patient um, with Steve Carell and Donald Gleason. And mm-hmm. it is uh, what the basic premise is what if a serial killer uh, decided to go to therapy? And then what if that serial killer uh, decided in order for it to really work, he had to be completely honest? In order for him to be completely honest, he had to kidnap his therapist uh, so that they wouldn't turn him in. Uh, that's the basic premise. It is much deeper than that. It is emotional. It is interesting. It is terrifying. It is funny at times. Uh, so yeah, check out The Patient. I believe it's on Hulu. Huge recommend from me. Mm-hmm. Quick episodes, 20-minute episodes, 25-minute episodes. Uh, I think there's 10 of them. Um, so you'll be you'll be done pretty quickly. But uh, yeah, check out The Patient on Hulu. That shocked me when I heard they were 20-minute episodes recently. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm really excited to check that show out. Okay, so I'm going to give like a two-for-one. So I play drums. I'm a drummer. And I had this bad thing happen to where um, I was storing my drums at a local church. And then at four in the morning, one day, a bolt of lightning struck the church and burned the building down. So no longer had my drums. And I now like I live in a house in the sub in, in, in the city, in the neighborhood. So like you wouldn't want me to play my drums in my house. I would definitely be violating some noise ordinance. As well as I have two dogs in the house. So like they're, I mean, you can hear them right now, probably. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I do my best to, to subdue the noise, but whatever, deal with it. Um, <laughs> I'm a human. So, you know, I, I, would, I would torture my dogs if I played drums. When it came time to replace them for insurance, I went ahead and went with an electric drum set. So I'm going to recommend the electric drum set that I bought. Um, I've normally been very against electric drum sets and I am against electric drum sets for performance. I think you should have an acoustic for live. The sound is just always going to be better, but for at home practice, electric is great. It's fine. It's making no noise except Mm -hmm. in the earbuds that I put in. It's great. It allows me to be able to practice whenever I want, as opposed to drive 20 minutes and play and worry about like disrupting other people's days or whatever. So it's great. I bought the Alesis Strike Pro Special Edition. It's uh, $2,800, um, so it is expensive, but it is worth every penny. And that's really affordable for what you get. I mean, most high-quality drum sets that feature as much as this does cost close to like 8000 or 9000 So it is a pretty penny, but if electric drum sets are something that you've been at all interested in, Alesis Strike Pro Special Edition. The other thing that I'm recommending is um, if you are a musical person at all, you should be ordering all your gear through Sweetwater, sweetwater sweetwater.com. They have all microphones, um, guitars, uh, amplifiers, drum stuff, accessories, everything. And if they don't have it on their website, you can um, call them and they can special order something for you. So they were very good in handling, handling my order, handling my replacement. Um, they're not paying me to say this, uh, but like they, they, they gave me like a, essentially twenty percent discount on everything because it was a replacement and insurance, and I had called them and had a reference. So, order all your music stuff at Sweetwater.com. And I know the way I'm saying that sounds like an ad. I promise it's not. I just really, <laughs> I just really like them. Um, Spawn Con. They're a great. They're they're a really good company, and I've just never dealt with them in the past. But it was easy and painless and. Great. So, yeah. Here we go. Yep. Very nice. Uh, that'll do it for this week. Thanks, Dyson, for hanging out. I appreciate taking the time out of your busy week. 
Uh, is there anything that you want to promote uh, places for people to connect with you before we head off? Just follow, just uh, follow me on Twitter for as long as I'm there. Uh, Aaron Dicer is <laughs> uh, not a political statement. I promise. I just, it, no matter what, as long as I'm there, you can pretty much find whatever you need. Uh, Aaron Dicer, A A R O N D I C E R. If if you want to know all the stuff I do, you could also just Google my name. I'm the only Aaron Dicer in existence. Uh, so A A R O N D I C E R will get you to all the different places. So yeah, no worries. And then you can follow me on Twitter as well uh, at Schweit Castle, same handle for my Letterboxd account. And uh, also, if you have feedback on the show, um, some things that you wanted to say um, that, hey, I think the show is missing this or, hey, like maybe do this better during editing or during show notes or recording or whatever. Maybe just anything that I can actually control. Don't say suck less or, you know, get a better voice or whatever, you know, um, not that people have sent those comments. But <laughs> now that I've opened the floodgates, we'll see. Um, <laughs> uh, you can send any feedback you have to bts at cinemasins.com or you can DM the Cinemasins uh, BTS Twitter account um, or go ahead and DM me on at Schweik Castle. Anyway works. We check them all. Uh, and lastly, don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you're listening to uh, and come on back next Thursday for more Behind the Sins content. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to bts at cinemasins.com and be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting cinemasins.com slash BTS. I'm going to put you up here. Now you're, you are above me. <laughs> cool. Hey, I was doing some thinking yesterday. Um, Great job. Good job. Way to go. <laughs> the hope is that it will be fun. I mean, isn't that always the hope? No, usually we're like, man, I hope this is really boring for people. I hope people get mad on Twitter at us. <laughs> Success all the time. Yeah, I mean, I just remember like the trailer coming out and I was just like, oh, this looks like discount. You know, the guy who directed Ghostbusters, just that guy. <laughs> the sin is that this commercial cannot. Uh... Oh, hell, that's that's a different one, actually. I'll do that again. Otherwise, it's gonna, I'm going to hate editing that.